Shut up and sit down. Hey there and welcome to the Third Period Podcast, the show that takes you around the UK ice hockey leagues. Sponsored by Nuola for all your custom sportswear needs. The third period podcast back again. We're taking a quick break from uh, from grading teams, and in the case of Danny and Sultan, half of Scotland. So we thought we'd bring Scotland in here now to try and defend themselves. We've got Ash, Danny, and Ross as always, and a keen listener of the show, and he's begged us to come on. We've got Kino on the line. How are you doing today, Kino? Absolutely fantastic. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe some wee white lies there already, but we'll see how we go. There's nothing the legal team can't sort out. Don't worry, we'll be fine. So, let's have a quick look back at last season. How did it go in your mind? I know it's a shortened season and we can't talk about too much, but how did it go in general? I think the the signs early on were were, were pretty good. Um the team that they, they all come in and like such a well knit team. Um, obviously we 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 had a, a wee bad spell, um, but like all in all, once we we, we made that adjustment, um, we were we were really really strong and it was it was really good to be just part of part of that and you know. I think that we could have went on to to really you know make an impression, and I think we did make an impression. We had some terrific results throughout the year, um, some some big big wins. Um, but we thought it was it was a great season to be a part of. You mentioned big wins there. What has been the best moment of last season? Um, there was. The big win in Sheffield. Um, Yanni scoring the empty netter. Uh, that was that that opening weekend actually. Um, that that was that was a good weekend. But I think the the probably the, the game that sticks out to me most was the five nothing win in Cardiff. Um, it was it was like a whirlwind. It was New Year's Day. Um, it was it was just un- unbelievable, and then I, I flew to Lithuania with GB the next day, so it was like literally just uh, such a whirlwind couple of days, and uh, it, it didn't hit me, you know, that we we just went down to Cardiff and had such an um, an unbelievable game. I think Ross Venus was absolutely un- like just outstanding um, that night. So uh, I, th- I think that was probably the one one of my favourite moments from the year was was that win down in Cardiff in New Year's Day. Uh, you mentioned the uh, the GB travels that you've had. How have they been? Uh, obviously, a bit of experience as well for you guys. But is there any players that you thought you might keep an eye on as well? Ah, uh, the the team was full of talent. Um, obviously, we, uh, we had we had Lordy with us. Um, he did a, a, a great job. Um, Liam Stanton from uh, from Solway. He he will he will be a talented player. I, I really like Liam. Great work ethic. Great attitude. Um, Cade Nielsen was 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 really good. Um, God, the, the list goes on. I thought Tyler Cooper had a great tournament. Um, the, the, all the D Ben Solder was brilliant. Um, Tyler Perry, he he was, you know, he came out of the woodwork and um, he was he was fortunate, like kind of going off the back of uh, Muddy's uh, misfortune with with Hutton, we getting injured throughout the year, so Tyler got pulled up from Swindon to to skate with the, the Devils um, for about two or three months. Um, and he came into the tournament, and 
we, we didn't really know who the starter was going to be. Um, we gave Will the nod and you know, we, we had a wee bit of a rough patch uh, kind of early on with the, with the Japan game. Um, Japan being really, really unbelievably strong. Um, and then Tyler came in and really stood in his head for the rest of the tournament. So um, he was, he, he's certainly one to kind of look forward to. I, I think the whole team was really, was really, really good. I, I, such an enjoyable experience to, to work with those young boys. Obviously, Mason uh, Alderson, he was, he's just another level. He, he controls the game. He's, a really good entertaining player to watch. Just on that GB tournament, Kino, um, obviously Liam Kirk was in the original setup and then dropped out to concentrate on his career over in North America. Do you think if Liam Kirk came into that tournament, GB would have came away with gold instead of the silver? Or do you think silver was where we were at for that tournament with Japan being so strong from the onset? To, to be honest, all all the teams were like all the all the teams were pretty strong. Lithuania were really really good. Um, Japan were were really really good. Um, these programs are all pumping lots of money and into whether or not one player would have made a difference. Liam is a fantastic fantastic player. I, I worked with Liam when uh, when I was with the Steel Dogs in Sheffield and. Even at the young age of sixteen, he was, he was unbelievable. Would he have been able to come in and and sing, like, you know, single-handedly take us from a silver to a, a gold? That I'm not one to speculate, but so I, 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 to answer your question, I don't really know. Would he have made an impact? Absolutely. The, the tournament the year before, um, it was it was top points, top goals, so it, it would have made a difference, but. To say whether or not we we could have come out and and beat Japan, um, I, I literally have no idea. As I said, they, these these countries have all got a lot of money. Japan had a, a month long training camp before the tournament. Um, they had a month, and then they had Christmas a couple, maybe a week back at home for Christmas, and then they flew to Lithuania uh, on the first of January. So they they had a lot of time together. Um, obviously, with you know GB's players being you know half the team is based in North America, um, half the team being here, it's it's difficult to get everybody t- together um, and and you know get get the systems put in place. But I think that's a real testament to to the players. They they bought into to what we wanted to do. Um, they bought into the processes. You know, some of them had never really been through, you know, some of the processes that we had in place. But they all bought in, and you know, they they, they took advantage of the knowledge that we that we were giving them. And I, I think a silver medal is obviously an upgrade from the year before when I'm getting bronze. Silver medal is a great result. Hopefully, fingers crossed, if everything goes to to plan this year and and the World Championships go ahead, then. You know, we'll, we'll be pushing for gold, but again, it's it's tough, tough competition. And people say it's two A, but you know, Lithuania have got a great program. Um, they've their coach is a uh, um, French Canadian guy who works full time in Switzerland. The goalie coach is a Finnish guy. Spain Spain's coach. Um, is uh, a Finnish guy who's who coached in the Liga, who coached in the DEL. Um, the Spanish general manager coached in the DEL. The Japanese guys have all been with the program for for twenty years. So, you know these these countries have got a a good system in place, and it, it certainly shows, and that everybody's improving. And obviously, Japan have been promoted, so we won't see them. Um, we'll see Italy, but again, Italy aren't they? You know that's it's. They've got a good system there, so it's certainly something to look forward to. Certainly, hearing the rumours of where it's going to be, I can't really say, but um, it certainly will be will be a fun experience again. I'm sure you mentioned if you mention it after we finish recording, we promise we won't release it. 
So it's supposed to be up. Oh, sorry, I'll tell you later. <laughs> oh, I thought we had him then. Cut that out. Um, so going back to the blaze. Yep. It, there was some uh, some down points, but then obviously the, the ter- there was a turnaround point halfway through the season where it all came together and there was a big push for the playoffs, which as Ash will say that we were going to win. What in your mind, was there like a moment or a game where you just kind of went, you know what, let's turn this around and we're going to, we're going to real push for everything now. Um, I, I think it might have been that game against Cardiff because it, it, it just gave us some belief and, with that, that that December and and Christmas stretch was a tough one. Um, it, it was very hectic, and the, the teams that we were playing were all, you know, playing good hockey. So, I, I I think that that sort of New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, sort of uh, weekend was was maybe where we we started to have some some belief but that's not to say we didn't have belief that we were a good hockey team from the start I think everybody was on the in, in the mindset that we are a good hockey team and we just needed some things to click in order for us to you know to get that success and who who knows what could have been um, but certainly I think we we gave ourselves as much of an opportunity as, as anybody to, to go forward and you know and win something so So we've asked your favourite, your your favourite point and your best game and things. Like that. I've got to ask you the question: What is, what was your your least favourite game this year? I, I don't know. I, I like to try and be and be positive, so I don't I don't like to dwell on the games that that we weren't necessarily, you know, at at our best. Um, I think one of the least favourite games. From our point of view, was was the game up in Glasgow, the eight six game. That that was a nightmare. In ter- in, in terms of a be, being a coach, you know, for the fans' perspective, it's it's fun, it's exciting. Everybody's scoring goals, and uh, you know, the, it was obviously up in Glasgow. Everybody was getting their, their money's worth. Um, but in terms of of actually coaching that, it's a horrible situation. You know, if it just you've just got to to try and keep everybody on the same track. But you know, every time we're going up the ice, you know, we might score. Every time they come down the ice, you know, are they going to score? So in terms of your heart, you know, it takes a beating on a night like that. Sorry, Keenan, I'll cut in on you then. Um, just on that one, then you say obviously it's thrilling to watch from a fan perspective, but for you and Danny, you're like, okay, what do we do? What what would you do in that situation? Just maybe enlighten us that probably don't know as much on the coaching aspect. Do you say, right, let's get a lead and tighten up, or do you try and extend the lead as far as possible to put it out of reach for Glasgow? What do you normally do in that situation, or is it just to see how the game plays out and make that decision off the cuff? It it just all depends on, you know. I, I'm I'm trying to remember the ins and outs of that game, um, but how how the game's flowing, you know, how how are Glasgow playing in terms of their systems, you know, what where are our systems breaking down? What are we doing wrong? And it's just trying to find the the point that that you feel is is probably the the one that we have to you know adapt the most. So. Just trying to figure out, you know, what 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 are we failing at right now? What, what is the most important thing that we have to fix? Um, so identifying that, luckily enough, um, you know, me, me and Stewie have got uh, we've worked really hard to to make sure we've got video and everything when we're on the road. Obviously, with technology, it doesn't always work. So, you know, every team has the ability to to sit back and. We watch goals on the bench or, or back in the, the the dressing room. So, it's it's trying to identify where the breakdowns have happened. You know what adjustments can we make, and it might not even necessarily be an adjustment. It might just be that there's been a switch off moment. Um, you know from from a guy, and, and it 
not necessarily going in and tearing them apart, like just going in and just you know reinforcing the the, the systems and the structure that we have. So it's not not I think in in short of that, it's not all about adjusting the systems to 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 suit the game, but just trying to affirm the structure and the systems that, that we are good at and that we want to play. If that answers your question. Yeah, yeah, so I suppose play to the strengths that we know we're good at and then just the rest will follow. <laughs> I pretty pretty much just making sure that we we are tightening up and, and not being as, as you know, laissez faire as, as we, we had been. Um maybe just giving a, a guy a pep talk, you know, bring his confidence back up. Um everybody needs a cuddle every now and again, so it's knowing when to give that cuddle and when, you know, to, to go the other way. From from a coaching side, obviously you just said like you know knowing the players. Is it a massive thing to know your players? Uh, like you sort of said, then some people you sort of got to go. Don't worry, you can you can do you can do better and sort of if you want to use the words if you want to give them a cuddle and things like that. But are there some players where you need to just kind of without physically doing it, maybe just like smack them around the back of the head and say, "What the hell are you doing?" Uh, no. I... <sighs> This is a big argument in sports psychology. Um, people, you know, some people disagree with, with, you know, getting to really understand, you know, your players. But I think the the literature's pointing more towards um, understanding the needs of the athlete, um, understanding what brings out the best in them. And I think that's where we had a good balance um, in, in terms of, of knowing guys and you know, still having that professional relationship. Um, so obviously, every player's different. Um, obviously, these are all personal things. So I'm not going to mention, you know, what what guys have have what strategies or whatever. But um, some guys maybe just need a non-verbal, like you know, just a look, and they know straight away they know. Or some guys might you know put their head down and they might just need that little bit of encouragement. Some guys might want to completely analyse the play, talk to you about it, you know, check the understanding from both sides. Um, so, as the, the, there's a, in my eyes, there's a big importance of actually understanding how how your players think the game and how what, what the personality of your players are. So, if you have to separate your two, you and Danny, if one of them's going to get one of you is going to give a player a cut on one of them's going to give them that that look, who's more likely to do which one? I, I, I think we've, we've, we've both got the, the mixture of, of, of both. Um, it, it's not a case of, of uh, good cop, bad cop. Uh, it, it's, it's a case of, you know, knowing the players and knowing how to, how to treat them. Uh, so I wouldn't necessarily go in and say that, that, Stewie's the the bad cop and I'm the good cop. It, it, well, it's not like that. It's it's you know it's very much tailored to to the needs of the the guys, and that's something that that obviously throughout both our careers, I, I'm not I, I can't well I can talk for Stewie a wee, a wee bit. Certainly, I've learned so much from him in terms of you know how to deal with players, and obviously I've got my my own philosophy and my own ethos that. That I, that I kind of go to, but I think that there's there's no easy answer to that. We, we, there's, but there's certainly not not a good cop and bad cop. Very very conservative answers there. You can you can tell you've had some of the, the media training they've been given out. <laughs> well, we're going to put you on the spot on this one slightly. Throughout throughout the podcast, as as you well know, listen to every single one. Ash has mentioned. How, when it came yeah, to the playoffs, we were going to win the playoffs. Ash has said this in, in, I think, about three or four episodes so far, that we were, we were going to win the playoffs. It was a given. I don't, yeah. It's not even a debate anymore. It was a given. We win the playoffs. We beat in Cardiff in the final. Matty Polcam <laughs> was getting the assist on the winner. <laughs> we were all going back to Crosby's and Clemmo and Chris Polcamp were seeing Country Roads on the bar to the devoted Blaze fans. It's oh, in there. I hope not. The Elite League might as well <laughs> just gave us the banner now. It's a given. 
<laughs> is this the same fantasy world where you've promised to get Matty Polkamp a beer for every goal he scores if he comes back? I don't think that's fantasy because you put it on social media and I mean, if it's on media, it's got to be true. So I think I owe Matty Polkamp a lot of beers for you, Sons. There you go, Keen. If there's an incentive to get him back, that, that's <laughs> it there. <laughs> don't necessarily know how I feel about that, but certainly Katie's sitting here nodding her head. Uh, Does she agree with that at all? She, she's agreeing with Ash completely. <laughs> so do you agree? Do you think you would have won the playoffs? I know you can't shoot any teams down, but if that was a situation, Ash, Ash can give you the entire playoffs, but he's already broken it down in a previous one. <laughs> do, do you know what? I, I think uh, I think with the, the mindset of the team and the hockey that we were playing, um, I, I think it could have been. I really do. I think we had a, a great chance of of winning it. And there's a there's a quote in a film from uh, called Major League. Um, if anybody saw it, they'll, they'll they'll know the the coaches in the locker room. And there's there's a wee bit of adversity. And uh, he says, "Let's go win the whole." I'm not going to swear on the podcast. Um, thing and that that was something that you know that we believed in and you know we thought uh, we might as well so the, the belief was there certainly um, from from the players and from the coaching staff and, and management everybody believed that, that we could have went on and, and, and won that and that I don't think there's anybody in the league that that you know could could disagree that we, we didn't have a, a, a strong chance of doing really well. So if we did win, what was your plans for the celebration when you got back? I don't, I'm, not, I'm not much a party animal, so maybe a, a couple of ciders or two and probably me and Katie would have went to McDonald's drive through on the way home. <laughs> that would have been it. You mean you weren't going to be on Crosby's bar? Well, but I am the I am the self-proclaimed best singer in the in the Blaze organisation, so I might have rattled out a song, um, but there would have been no encore, and it certainly would have just been one song, and then out. What what song would it have been then? That's something that we'll have to find out. I mean, off air, we've had a few sing songs on it. I say we. It's mainly been Danny singing along to whatever song <laughs> comes into his head. So between... Are you gonna, not going to go up there and sing Country Roads? Probably not. That, that's, that's the player's song. They, you know, they, they enjoy that song. Um, so I know, let them, let them have the, the limelight. I, you know... My mum's always told me that I could win the X Factor if I wanted to, so I don't want to go out there and steal the limelight from from those boys. You know, they they work hard to to be able to sing that song every every time we win a game. So I'm not going to steal the limelight by you know taking two minute solos and things like that. So we're going to take a quick break from the uh, the the standard questions. We put out there on social media any questions that you've got for, for Kino and see what comes back. The Blaze fans, they're, they're a, a mixed bunch on this one. <laughs> Ash, I'll let you take the first one if you want that one. Okay. First one, what languages do you speak? Swedish, Norwegian, Scottish and English. Yeah, I didn't realise that the the Scottish language was still going. Can you can you give us a quick uh, quick run through of all of them? I don't know what you want me to say. Scottish <laughs> Scottish is just basically English, but you talk faster and you just don't use as many words. Uh, Norwegian and Swedish are very much the, the, the same. Shena Aliopa. And then English is just my posh voice that I'm using right now. 
could you very quickly in each language just go, Blaze Werbin in the playoffs? It's in, it's simple as that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, in Swedish, you would just say Blaze for SM Gold. And then in Scottish, you'd just say Here we F and go, I guess. I don't know. Is there children must <laughs> I hope not. I mean, this is something we can now put onto the uh, the social media ones and get it tweeting around the world, and the whole world will know that Blaze are going to win the playoffs. <laughs> Ross, do you want the next one? Yeah, go on then. So, Kino, uh, if you didn't take up hockey, uh, what career would you uh, what do you think it would have led down to? Um. Oh, I am. I am a teacher, so I, w- I would probably just be more into into teaching, primary school and and PE. Um, I always did kind of fancy being a a physio. Um, you know, I just I just love the environment of sport, but I guess that that's why why I done teaching. So I would I would probably be teaching. Um. Oh, I'd love to say I'd be a professional golfer, but my handicap's not quite low enough for that. Do you know what? I think after the lockdown, I should probably change that. Um, I'm going to be a professional baker because I tell you, the, the brownies and the chocolate cookies that I'm making are absolutely unbelievable. So I think, uh, I, think I might become a baker or a chef going to go on Hell's Kitchen, see what happens. Go on Hell's Kitchen, then I'll go on the next factor. Just weigh up my options. <laughs> so, so if you're good at Bake Off, then so hey Bacon, when are you going to join Bake Off then? I don't, I don't think we Mary Berry would would you know like this the stuff that I bake. I think it's not quite fancy enough. I'm in the mindset that if it tastes good, it's 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 good. She's in the mindset if it looks good, doesn't matter how it tastes. So that's where me and Mary would probably fall out. I see that's something that I would I mean I don't watch Bake Off, I'll be honest. But to see you on there sort of like chirping Mary Berry from, from the behind the, the table would be absolutely brilliant one to watch. I certainly think it would be entertaining. Um although I, I don't I don't know if she would agree with my methods. Um of of bacon because there's not much weighing of scales going. I do have my wee scales uh, in 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 our kitchen, but uh, they don't get used very often, especially when it comes to the uh, the sugar. Did anyone want to take the next question? Yeah, I'm I'm going to do a question my own to lead into this, just because this question is random. Kino, who's your NHL team? That's like. People ask me this all the time. I don't really have a team. Like, I, I'm a big fan of certain players and certain coaches, and I'll follow coaches the way they'll go around the league because they they have philosophies that I like, and um, certainly the 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 kind of bond between players and and, and coaching staff is one thing that. That I've learned a lot from from Bowsma, Dan Bowsma, um, who obviously won a cup with, won two cups with the Penguins. Um, so I, I I love the way his coaching style was. Um, I, I loved the certainly watching some of the, you know, the NHL 24s um, and the interviews and stuff and Penguins in the room. I, I love the way that he interacts with the players and, and the relationship that he built with the players. So I, I think the Penguins, I've, I've got a soft spot for them. Uh, I've got a soft spot for the Leafs. Uh, Vegas, I, I quite like Chicago. Um, so I, and if you're going to put me in a spot to say my favourite team, it's, it's probably the Penguins. I'm glad you said that one because that actually brings me on to the question that was sent in. How tall is a rocker hopper penguin? <laughs> Who said this? 30, 30 centimetres. Oh. They're from Silly. 
penguins penguins are my favourite animal. Oh, that explains that then. Right. See the have you ever seen Happy Feet? Yes. See the little Mexican penguins and Happy Feet? Yes. They're rock hopper penguins. Oh, are they? Aye, and that's why I aspire to be. In are they the ones with the little funky eyebrow-looking things? Aye, aye, they've got the wee whiskers sort of things. Ah. Aye, they're, they're the coolest. They, they I dance. Love that. They're, oh. So aye, they, aye, they're my spirit animal. Fair enough. Whoever sent that in clearly knows you too well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate them. I don't. They I do. Don't the person who sent it in knows Keno and Katie very well. That's a bit sp- spooky, that is. Yeah, that, that was a very ominous end <laughs> to that question there. No, no, it's a, it's a kid who sent it in. It's a young kid who sent it in via oh, her mother. Uh, so, oh. yeah, the mother messaged and sent the question on behalf of the daughter. It's a great question. And it's something everybody can take away from this podcast. Nobody knew that Rock Copper Penguins were from Chile. I've actually got a couple of sponsored penguins. I got it for Christmas. <laughs> actually, on Wikipedia now, reading up on them. <laughs> I, mean, I, I googled it when I heard the que- we, we were talking about the questions beforehand, and I, I googled how tall is a rock up a penguin, and it came up saying twenty inches. I don't, I don't know. My, my conversion is not working quick enough on Google right now, but it's about forty centimeters. The one, well, the ones that I know are very. The ones in Happy Feet are 30 centimetres. I, I mean, it, I, I thought that was one of those questions that was just going to get lost and there would be no answer. But to come back with it and then tell me where they're from and I, I'm amazed by that one. I'll be honest on that one. Um, Ross, you've got one last question on that one? Yeah. Uh, what's uh, what, What's the biggest insult? Against you. <laughs> um, I'm not going to say the team, I'm not going to give them the publicity. Uh, but certainly, it's, I think it's quite funny. Uh, it called the fat edge hearing. Uh, that's quite funny, even though I am a better singer than Ed Sheeran. Um, I think that's a, that's a funny one. It's not quite as bad as... Uh, is my head coach. It's not. It's not as bad as what he gets called. But uh, I, 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 you know, I've got broad shoulders. I, I'm quite a light-hearted person. So to get called the fired cheering, I find quite funny. So but that, that's certainly the best one. Uh, so I'm sure uh, Katie loves the shape. Uh, loves the shape of your body. Then <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't you? <laughs> I'm going to be singing Ed Sheeran all right now. I mean, that's yeah, that's you said how good a singer you are. You've got to give us at least something. Oh, no. You, I don't just do it for you. You'd have to talk to, to my agent about that one. <laughs> I'll start it. I'm in love with the shape of you. <laughs> Push oh, have... like a magnet, too. <laughs> oh, you see, this is what happens. You set them off. See, normally, it's quite all right, and this is before we've even pressed record. That's... For some reason, you, you've come in and set them off on all singing now. I've got one last question that's been sent in, and I can't for some reason work out who sent in, but you may guess it. The question is, who's your favourite ice rink manager, and why is it Chris Carpenter? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who said that. <laughs> it's, it's a good question. Um can gen- genuinely only say that I know only one ice rink manager. Um, so by you know default, he is the favourite. No, Chris is a good Chris is a good guy. He's accommodating for for the team, and you know he he, he does. If you need you need something from him, he he, uh, he does kind of go out his way to to help. He's a good guy. I mean, on that subject players coming in obviously they're all going to have their own little traditions and rituals and superstitions and obviously you've got to try and incorporate them into as many as you can what has been the strangest thing that you've had a player coming in saying that they're they're either after before a game or they need throughout the season 
that's a tough one. Just um, Nickaforic was like he he was such a professional, um, and and it was it was it was really funny. Like just talking about how accommodating the staff are in, in, in the rink. Um like he, he would have an ice bath after like obviously he was an older guy and was, was looking after his body. He was in he was in great shape for for you know being that little bit older. Um but he, having his ice baths every day and, and the staff knew that he would have that ice bath. So, you know, somebody would always bring him down a, a bucket of ice. To, to put in the bath, um, so I, I, having that every day, I think it's really strange. But uh, probably loads more things. But I, I'm struggling to think off the top of my head. Nothing's sticking out to me other than other than that guy's love of ice baths. So we'll go back to the the season, the season that was, and the season that may eventually be. We, we, there was a big push for the for the for the season. Obviously, it was a bit of a late one, and obviously, it, and it was cut short. But without obviously, you can't really name players in this one. But what's the the thing that you think is missing from us pushing for the top spot on a consistent level? Uh, no, I, I think I think this year we. We had really strong leadership. I think we had a good core of D. You know, I think the absolute world of the British players that we have. Um, so, in, in in terms of the the makeup, you know, maybe I don't know. Everybody would probably say a guy that can score fifty goals or whatever, but I don't know. I think that the makeup of the team was was really good. Um, certainly the. That there was depth and everybody, everybody had a role, and it was a competitive lineup. Um, and I think the the adjustment of bringing bringing Mortar in uh, was was something that was, you know, really beneficial for for the whole team. Um, but I, I think all, all our guys really really did well um, throughout the year. So. To, to, to kind of pick one position or one one type of player, you you know you could probably you could probably say maybe we a right-handed center just from a defensive point of view. What draws? Uh, I'm, I'm sure you'd have the guys uh, jump into elite prospects in a moment, trying to work out who's going to be the next player you're going to sign from that sign. <laughs> Matty Myers, right-handed centre, Freeman the decor, done. His his numbers in the face-off circle are are exceptional. He's an unbelievable hockey player in the face-off dot. And I I like Matty Myers. Um, on previous podcasts we've discussed about different things and Brit players, and I can't rate the British players enough. Um, and I've said it many a time to Ross, Danny, and Marcus about when the likes of Matty Myers. Matt Richardson, Jonathan Phillips, do step away from the sport, being that older bracket, there is some big, big skates to fill because them guys aren't just a one-year wonder. They're 10, 15, 20-year wonders. No, they've showed consistency throughout their career and they've been great testaments to the British game. So, going from that then, Kino, which opposition player would you like to... To, to sign budget, it unlimited. Whoever you want, who would you be your first pick? Um, <laughs> I'm a big, uh, I'm a big Fournier fan. I think he's he's really good. Um, I'd agree with that. Obviously, I think Joey Martin would be everybody's pick. Uh. Just trying to really think of who really who I really liked throughout the year. Um, 
I like Jesse Craig. I think he's he's an exceptional player. Um, TJ Foster. So uh, any any one of those four guys would I think would be uh, a great addition to any team. I'd agree. I'd agree with all four. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I love. Uh, well, Joey Martin is probably my favourite non-Blazers player personally as a forward, and Fournier he just does his class. I mean that playoff goal last year. Was it last year against Sheffield? No, against Belfast. That playoff goal, coast to coast, unreal, absolute class. But this sounds really sad now. I don't know if any of you have heard it. When you go into Cardiff and whoever's announcing their team, it might be Todd Cameron, when he announces Joey Martin. The excitement in that guy's face. Joey Martin has got a job for life down there. Literally, he could walk into our guy on a million pound a week and give it him. Just when you dance, it's like, Joey Martin! He bloody loves it. It's, it's, it's a good atmosphere down in Cardiff. It's, it's one of the rinks that I really enjoy going down to. Ross, you got a question there? Yes, uh, Kino. Uh, who we, we've been talking about uh, players who would who would we have back from last season's roster? Um, two of us came up with uh, Dylan Oysted. One of us came up with Yanni Lackanen. So, who would you uh, want to see back resign for the Blaze from last season? Everybody. I think they were all great guys. Uh, I think it's it's unfortunate that that Johnston uh, moved on. Um, so I, I like I, they were all great guys. I, I can't I can't sit here and 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 pick one guy. It's not fair to them. They all had their uh, they all had their, their their moments throughout the throughout the year, um, and they all had their their own characteristics that that made them. You know, really, really fun guys to work with. So, for me to pick one person, it's it's an impossible task. Sorry to not answer your question. It's those conservative answers again. <laughs> was, was this the, the the Rob Coleman school of of asking questions by any chance? <laughs> Who? Who? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's the best one all night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got to at him in this when this goes out. Oh, Mr. Coleman. <laughs> I, I will cut this bit out and before the episode's even been released, I will send him to this bit personally. <laughs> Who's that? No, I'm only joking. <laughs> I, know, I, can edit, I can edit that bit out. That's fine. <laughs> I certainly haven't had any media lessons from, from anybody. I, that's that's a genuine answer. I can't pick anybody. You know, I I I had moments with with every one of those guys that that I can think back of and you know be like smile about. So for me to pick pick one player is just un, unfair. Saying about players from last year, then I've got to ask it because I was an absolute sausage, wasn't I? How wrong was I on my judgment of Matty Polkamp? I think you were a wee bit off there, mate. Oh, uh, I agree. I, Matty's, you know, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, but uh, it was funny when he got grumpy. I liked it when he got grumpy. <laughs> um, but no, what a great guy and what a what an absolute player he turned out to be for us. You know, just popping up at the right moments and defensively sound. You know, could I could he could do everything? Play PP if you need him. Play PK if you need him. I I thought I thought Matty was was a great player, and um. So yeah, to to answer your question, Ash, uh, you were very wrong. <laughs> I I agree. Now I I've put my hands up and I've. Like I said previously, I was sat with Ross and Danny and Blaze were losing. I was wound up. I was annoyed because I wanted us to be winning the game and they asked me the wrong question at the wrong time and I went out with him. Um, yeah, hands up, made a mistake. 
And if he does resign, Danny's going to make sure I buy him enough beer to last him for a year. Too right. Well, you can't make a promise like that and not commit to it. Well, it takes <laughs> a big, it takes a big man to to accept your mistake. So well done. It's a life lesson <laughs> for everybody listening. You're still a Spurs fan, which is a disappointment. <laughs> no comment on that. <laughs> just just to, to emphasise on that one, we, we the 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 post that went out was that for every goal Matty uh, Polkamp scores, you buy him a beer, yeah. Correct. No, no. That's what went out. That was Danny's words. He just confirmed it. My yeah, so, words. So yeah, were... that, that, that's the the actual thing now. So if we sign Matty Polcom on a one day contract for a friendly game against the Blaze under twelves, if he scores fifteen goals, that's a lot of that's a lot of beers for him after the game, isn't it? No, because I'm taking him to Wester and he can get a crate. Lot cheaper. No, they must be purchased from Crosby's. I'm, I'm going to put that in. The <laughs> I don't think I don't think you've saw the under eleven team at the Blaze. There's some feisty wee characters on that team, so don't don't be uh, don't be <laughs> yeah, disrespecting I, those guys. I'd agree with you. Know, maybe put them against the Cough Spitfires, my old team. We we weren't the greatest. <laughs> See, I, I I didn't want to put like a team in there that may actually come and find me, so I was all right. Ah, uh, well, there might be some kids come and find you from that team. It's all right. I'll edit this bit out and it will all go back to Danny anyway. <laughs> Speaking of kids, I've, I've just had a wild brainwave and I don't know why I didn't ask this earlier when we were about GB, Keener. Louis Chabot was in the GB squad, wasn't he? Yes, I look son, I. Yeah, obviously because he's got ties to us in juniors and obviously Luke played for us. Do you think if he was to progress any further, there'd be a chance that he'd come back? Uh, I I don't know I don't know because I don't know what Louis' aspirations are. Um, certainly to go as far in, in, in hockey as he can. Um, but you know you never know. Um, he was he was eighteen this year when when we had him, so um, relatively still young in, in his career. Um, he skates he skates pretty well. He's physical, you know. He can shoot the puck. He can handle the puck. Um, so I, I think if, if Louis continues to to work on his game and progress, you know, in terms of hockey IQ and you know understanding the game, then right, there's there's nothing that, that can say that you know we might not see him in the elite league in, in years to come. Um, but every guy on that team is certainly, you know, I keep an eye on their careers. Um, just a couple of the boys messaged me and asked me, you know, for a wee bit of help and like what what they need to do to improve. And I'll, I'll help any one of those boys. Um, as I said, they were all all terrific young boys to work with. So yeah, any one of them, um, we we could see in the elite league at, at, at some point as as long as they continue to put the work in and you know developing their understanding of the game and developing on their bodies, you know, getting to getting to the level that they need to be. The the Elite League is is progressing all like every year. The, the players are getting better, the teams are getting better. So uh, it's it's a hard task for these for these boys to get up to that level. But by by no means can can they not do it. You know, there's there's those guys on that team that, that have been playing Elite League and you know, Jordan Blaise was, was getting a regular shift for quite a bit up in Fife. Um, Stanton was getting a, a little call up to to Glasgow every now and again. Um, so the, you know, Lordy was was skating with us every day. So there is guys there that that are getting that. Obviously, Will was with um, Sheffield and Hazel Dean was with, with with Nottingham. So you know, the, the guys are getting a little bit of an opportunity um, to to progress and. You know, develop their careers. So, will we see Louis in a couple of years' time? Well, we never know. But it, by all means, if he p- continues to progress, then I think we might. So, just having a quick look back at one of our previous episodes, we talked about the away games, the coach journeys, and just the, the favourite rinks to go to. Your favourite rink to to go to as an away coach. 
or your favourite away team to play against. Who who's that? Uh, Sheffield, I think. She- Sheffield, Nottingham, Cardiff, Belfast. All those arenas are, are brilliant to be in. The atmosphere's pretty good. Um, I remember back to, to to my first season. Um, we had Capriva in the net, um, and it was Teddy Bear toss night. And uh, we shut Sheffield out. And I just remember the 16th minute of the last period, I think if they hadn't scored, that was when people were to throw the teddy bears. I literally just remember getting hit in the back of the head with, like, I don't know, 15 teddies, not before I realised what was going on. I turned around and Chris Joyle <laughs> is just throwing the teddies back in the fans. Oh, I was, oh my God, why are you giving them more ammunition? Um, so I think any one of those those four teams. Obviously, it's nice to go back to up to Glasgow, um, so I get a chance to see my family. Katie gets a chance to 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 come up and see my mum and dad. So it's nice to to go back up to Glasgow. Um, but I think I uh, Sheffield the the atmosphere in Sheffield, especially when it's packed, is is, is really fun. Nottingham's the same, Cardiff's the same, so loud in Cardiff. Um, Belfast is is, is a, a a great place to be as well. So sorry to not answer your question again. All right, so you obviously like look into those ones, but obviously you spend a lot of time on the coach. So if you're travelling to all your away games and all your travel that you've got to do, what do you do to keep yourself entertained and? For legal reasons, we may not be able to mention names. What do the players do, or any instant thoughts come to mind? Everybody's pretty on on the way to a game. Everybody's pretty reserved, so guys will guys will sleep and watch whatever show they're watching on Netflix at the time. Um, we we we've got a little. Um, restaurant that we stop at called the Smithy Inn. Let's give them a shout out. Um just outside Lancaster. Um so we stop there and they do a fantastic spread for us. Um so the the guys will get a chance to stretch their legs, play a little bit of two touch in the car park. Um but I, on on the bus I like I'll watch, you know, whatever show I'm watching on Netflix. Listen to some music. Me and Stu will will talk, but it's it's quite a relaxing environment on the bus on the way home. Uh, sorry, on on the way to the game. Uh, but then after after the game, the players will tend to come on and and sleep and try and catch up on the sleep. And that's really the minute the game finishes and and me and Stewie get the the pen drive with the game on it. We we tend to go to work straight away. So. Uh, sit on the bus and we cut video and we talk things through and so I'll try and cut our our game pretty much the minute we got on the bus and then we'll sit we'll look through those clips and most of the time I'll already have clips for the game on the Sunday um, already clipped but then I'll go into the game that they've played on the Saturday night and try and find some some new trends or some new clips and then just try and try and grab some sleep before before the bus gets back. I think normally we're from a Scotland trip we're back between four and five, so I might get a couple hours sleep there and then back in the rink for nine or ten on the Sunday morning. I mean if you've got a few hours to kill, I'm sure Danny could show you the uh, the highlights from Dundee. He loves those highlights. Oh, don't even get me started. Have you seen them, Keno? They're like 30 minutes long. I thought highlights were meant to be short, concise, and to the, to the goals, and that's it. I don't know what they think highlights are. Each to their own. Each to their own. If if that's what, what any team wants to do, I, I'm, I'm more of a fan of uh, of things that are short and concise, but some people like to uh, to see you know a little bit more of the game. So, Ash, you've got one more question, I think, in the back of there. One second, just find them. 
Um, well, there's two. First one. It's no problem. Was... I'm I'm paid by the hour, so it's no problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously you've been training the academy a bit as well. Um, there was one question asking if that will still go on. Um, the the sessions that that I do with the academy. Yes. Um, hopefully, uh, I haven't spoke to Cheryl um, in, a, in a wee while, so I'll, I'll have to get back in touch with Cheryl, um, you know, once everybody knows what's what's going on. Um, I think all those kids are fantastic, so certainly coming down and working with them is a, is a, nice, a nice opportunity for me to, to go on the ice and have some fun and, you know, try and... Try and just help those players out a wee bit and do as much as I can. Talking on the juniors, um, obviously you see them more than most, as to say, with the training. Is there any in the academy at the minute you think that kid could go far or that kid's got the chance to go abroad and play the game or you could see them in the elite league in 20 years' time or is it too young because the age brackets are so diverse from down to six-year-old kids up to 18-year-old kids? Well, I, I think there's, there's there's a lot of talent in, in the younger age groups um, at, at, at the Blaze. I think um, I think in terms of so what, what I've saw throughout, throughout my career, obviously I've, I've been and worked in Sweden, I've been and worked in Finland and Canada, uh, in, in Norway, so you know, I've seen kids of, of similar ages um, and and in terms of like lightliness and and you know attributes of and how good they are, but there's not much that separates them at that age. Um, it's something that when the kids are getting older and, and developing more, and and you know, for example, Sweden, that's when they start to really move kind of head and shoulders above above those kids. Do I think that there's some talented kids in in the Academy, I, I certainly do, uh, and I know that the the majority of them all live and breathe hockey. So that's that's absolutely fantastic for you know for for them and and their wee careers. So I re- I really hope that you know in ten fifteen years time we are seeing some of these kids come through into the league. Um, it certainly would would be you know a, a great a great thing for, for me to see. I've seen some some kids come through the league that, that I worked with when they were Alex Graham, for example. Um obviously was was with me in in G B. I coached that boy when he was five um at, at hockey school at Best of British and now he's playing in the Elite League. And I, I just think that's it's it's so funny to think that I've been coaching for eleven years I, don't obviously think I'm that old, uh, but I am an old man. But to see those kids coming through and you know getting into the league, uh, it's, it's a great thing. Mac Howlett was another one. It, it's it's great for me to see. So I'd love to see some of these kids from the academy progress. And I've got no doubt in my mind that that they've all got the desire, or most of them have got the desire to to go that far. So it's just a, a matter of seeing where their their little hockey careers take them and. You know whether or not their attitudes and determination is going to be the same in two or three years' time. But certainly, right now, there's there's more than a handful that have great skill and great understanding of the game, which is is really good to see. Danny, I think you've got two questions. Uh, no, so look, I've got one. Uh, the only one from me is you, you mentioned there, obviously, about kids obviously developing and making their steps up to potentially take it into the elite league and maybe make a career of hockey but on the other side of the fence no one asks how do you get into coaching what's the steps you need to do to get into that and I think that gets overlooked especially over here in the in, like, in the UK obviously it's not a main sport should we say in comparison to rugby and football so like, if there's anybody out there listening what, what would your advice be to them to get them into a coaching uh, capacity, how would they start that? What's the steps they would need to take to, to get it in a career kind of sense? Well, I, I started out as as just like a, a puck pusher, assisting on 
on the ice when I was a junior, um, when I was at North Fair. Um, luckily enough, I, I lived in the same street as the rink. So for me, it was it was easy. I was quite happy to go up and help with every team that they would let me on the ice with. So that was from about 15. I started to go on and help the kids since Wednesday nights, Thursday nights, whatever night it was and Saturday mornings, helping the, the, the kids skate and you know, develop their skills and obviously I was learning from the coaches there. Um, and then I was actually a PE teacher at, at my school who was was coaching hockey um, when I worked with him on a Saturday morning. He he really got me into it. He actually then got me into coaching football as well. So I was working with him at his football academy uh, and doing all the coaching and hit hockey and then I got into working with with Paul Heavey at, at, at Best of British and Paul Paul was and he still is to this day one of the most knowledgeable and influential people in, in my career. Um alongside Stuart Wilson who who gave me my, my opportunities when I was playing younger. Um but it's it's just a case of getting involved any way you can, uh, trying to talk to as many coaches as you can. But now it's it's really easy to find content on how to learn. Obviously, back then it was more difficult. It was the internet wasn't as. That, this is only God. I have I've been coaching longer than eleven years. I'm twenty nine now. I've been coaching since I was fifteen. So, but in terms of properly coaching it's since I was 16 so it's 13 years um, even 13 years ago the internet wasn't that great so in terms of getting content the, the, just it was a hard thing so it was all USA hockey DVDs uh, Kevin Constantine, Laura Stam the, these DVDs I tried to get a hold of and um, learn you know power skating techniques and stick camming techniques all, all these these key skills that you need to have within the game. But I think nowadays you can just log on to Twitter and follow, you know, the coaches' site. For example, I've I've wrote um, three or four articles for them on teaching constraints in ice hockey for for younger kids. So there's a, a whole world of, of information out there. So it's just getting involved is probably the first thing. Um, so you need to be get your DBS then you need to kind of go through your level one. Um, but the IHA hold level ones every six months. Um, it's a two-day two day event. And then, you know, just trying to learn as much as you can till you get to a level where you, know, you can step up and take take that level two. But obviously, our systems follows the UK sport, so it's level one, you can assess level two, you can then, control but you can obviously go on to the level three um but obviously other countries have different systems but for here it's yeah just getting involved and getting that level one is probably your first step and then try to take up as in, in as much information as you can so it's not true you just need an armchair to be a coach nowadays then no, I, I think now the certainly the the exam for for the level one and the level two, I think they are progressively making making more difficult. Um, I actually did my dissertation at, at uni on the coach education model that we have here in the UK um, compared to the coach education model they have in Sweden, just to see what the likeliness is. We have three levels. The Swedish Hockey Federation has seven. Um, so it's it's quite quite different, but you, know, you certainly need to be more than an arm, armchair person to get involved. Although with the sport, I think anybody that's keen to get involved should should get involved. Um, so obviously you will learn stuff, and you know if you have certain you know philosophies and thoughts about how the game should be played, getting different perspectives and. And you, you know you, you will learn something. What well, one thing that I've I've learned from from Stewie is that 
there is no perfect system. There is no perfect way to coach. We all have our own own ways of, of doing things. We all have our own details. So, yeah, it's, I think anyone can do it as long as you're keen enough. Obviously, being able to skate is a prerequisite that you really should, you know, meet. So we've got one last question. There's been a few messages passed between us in the background of this chat. Ash and Danny are, are trying to work out who's going to ask the question. And I think Ash has got the final question now. Oh, God. We are currently experiencing technical problems. Please sit by. You haven't heard Danny's impressions, obviously. <laughs> Mate, I'm not getting involved in my impressions. <laughs> <laughs> Moscow Saxon is staying where it needs to be, in the bin. <laughs> we've had the Scouse accent. We've had the Scottish accent. God. You're not going to give it a, a Scottish one, Danny? Who's Scottish? Oh, let's hear it, Danny. Everybody I, that does a Scottish accent ends up sounding like Shrek. I, I, I just based it on the... <laughs> I don't know what I said. I can't, what did I actually say? I think I just said... We were talking about something. It was one of I think I think you were reading a message from a Scottish fan. That was it, yes. One of the five fans that gave me some tips on how to grade their team and their opinion. Uh, he just turned, I said, go on then, who would you have back from your team? And he just turned around and went, they're all pish. <laughs> that was literally it. I just, I just said pish. I didn't do an accent. That was it. <laughs> I'm sure there's more. I might have to dig through the archives and find that one, but I'm sure there was more in there. Just didn't it go it. something like, if they canny win a trophy? Oh, that was it. Yeah, if they canny, if if they canny win a hockey game and they're all pish, they should piss off. <laughs> yeah. no, never a truer statement has ever been heard. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think this is the reason also why Danny will not be going to the Scottish away games this year I'll happily go he may not be coming back from the Scottish the away games why? I'll have Brawl protecting me <laughs> we're, we're, we're a lovely nation <laughs> yeah there's nothing wrong with them so that's all our questions Keno thank you for joining us thank you for taking all the Scottish insults that Danny's been dropping in no, no problem. Thanks for having me. As I said, I've got broad shoulders, so I, it's water off a duck's back to me. So there we have it. We'll be Keno back next season. Hopefully signing a few more players. Hopefully we'll be signing Matty Polkamp and 15 goals in, in the first three games is what I'm hoping for. So once again, Ash, Danny, Ross and Kino, thank you for joining us on this episode and hopefully we will be back on the ice soon and we can all chat about the games that have literally just happened. Uh, just before we go, guys, um, you know when Tampa Bay won the Stanley Cup, I think it was in 03, 04? Um, obviously, the cup gets given out, a lot of things go in the cup, beer, cereals, whatever. I've just found this fact. The weirdest thing to be eaten from the Stanley Cup Bowl was by Tampa Bay Lightning defenseman Nolan Pratt, ironic name, who ate dog food. Thanks for listening to the Third Period Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you've got anything you want to say to us, find us on Facebook, maybe join in the next episode. As always, check out New Ola for all your custom sportswear needs. 